welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Mr. Forsdyke. How are you? Hello, Mrs. Richardson. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, lovely. So this Conveyancing Matters, uh, we decided, didn't we, that we were going to go straight into a big topic for everybody and talk a bit about mortgages, which to yep. be fair, we kind of touch on a lot uh, in our conveyancing matters chats don't we because obviously the lenders are a very big a very big client and a very big specter in relation to uh, in relation to what conveyances do every day but one of the things that um, that caught my eye fairly recently Stu that uh, I thought we would probably have a view on is there is um, a lender out there a, a sort of I might say you know not a mainstream lender that everybody would necessarily have heard of but uh, that's thinking about offering mortgages to um, at seven times the applicant's salary. So instead of the usual four and a half times your salary is what you can bother a borrow, there's a lender out there, Stu, that's um, that's thinking of relaxing the, those, you know, that requirement to seven times the salary. So, uh, so what do you think, Stu? What's your view? Well, you know, we, we kind of sort of said a bit off air, didn't we? That it's sort of leaning back to those days when we had 110% mortgages, 120 even, and you know the mess that we got into uh, in 2007 and 2008. Are we going back that way? And do we need to have uh, a relaxing on lending rules? I never quite get my head around the sort of uh, you know the the risk analysis that the lenders talk about uh, when lending and the uh, security that they want and then we hear something like that which I find a bit of a bit a bit hypocritical maybe yeah I do and I think well actually for for someone as old as me Stu and I realize you would have been in well shorts probably wouldn't you when I qualified but I was made redundant six months after I qualified in 1991 because there was a big property crash uh, and lot and you know friends of mine at the time who who had houses who at the time were first-time buyers um, they were stuck in negative equity situations for a long time, which for those who don't know is somebody that owns a house that's worth you know, essentially less than the mortgage, uh, you know, the outstanding mortgage on it, um, couldn't sell, were really trapped. And this is, you know, and people forget that mortgage interest rates have been as high as sort of 15 yeah. percent. Um, and I just worry that everybody's memory is very, very short um, and clearly there are a lot sort of cleverer people out there than us Stu, in terms of sort of mortgage matters but but it's often the conveyances that are at the sharp end really isn't it and I think what's interesting about this is that you and I on conveyancing matters can have an opinion about this but of course the acceptability or otherwise of a of a mortgage product isn't as as, as you'll no doubt tell everyone something that we can uh, actually advise on no you're 100% right and we could just sort of strip the whole thing back and say well we shouldn't be giving any uh, opinions on anything to do with financial matters or any product that any bank ever offers because it's absolutely nouts to do with us um, and to give financial advice is obviously well outside of our remit um, but of course we go on about this a lot don't we but even though that is strictly the case the, the waters are always a bit murky, aren't they? You know, we still mm. give a mortgage report. And of course, you know, are our mortgage reports, strictly speaking, um, legal related? Do we tell our clients what they're uh, repaying monthly and how much they're borrowing? Well, of course we do. Um, so there is a, an element of those lines, you know, merging, isn't there, at times? Um, I just can't sort of comprehend 
in this market why we need to relax any kind of lending criteria? No, I can't at all, Stu. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the you know the extent to which conveyances, you know, really perhaps should be giving any comment on mortgage offers is really you know to explain the consequence. Of course, if uh, if the borrower doesn't keep up their repayments, which of course is you know ultimately repossession, but sort of almost by definition, you can't really talk about that, as you've just said, out of context, because mm-hmm. you've got to say, well, this is the purchase price, and we've got to say, and that's got to be the same in the mortgage offers in the contracts, that's very relevant to us, and, you know, section whatever it is of your offer says, these are your monthly repayments, this is what fixed rate means, this is what a repayment mortgage means, and as you say, you sort of get sucked into it, so you have to have a bit of context, and of course, you can't then talk about the possibility of being repossessed without mentioning potential early redemption penalties, which are also specified in the offer. So, uh, as you say, we do. Um, you're right. We do get sucked in, really, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's always, you know, if you take uh, early repayment fees uh, as an example, and what a client may look to get themselves into, Um I can't think of any recent examples where I've seen this, but of course you could have a client that is looking to, you know, buy, maybe sell within a couple of years, that kind of thing, which may mean they then incur that cost. Do you point, you know, how much due diligence do you do with your client uh, linking them to that mortgage product that they're taking? But again, we, we're just, in my opinion, going so far outside our remit that, um, you know, where, where do you draw the line if, if you're going to start looking into to bits like this? Well, I think the problem also is, and this is something we say a lot on conveyance of matters, don't we, Stu, that yet again, because we're the sort of properly insured part of the of the deal uh, and the transaction, if something goes wrong, and, you know, the first person the client's going to uh, complain to and try and get, uh, you know, any losses from is the conveyancer if, yeah. if something happens to go wrong. So uh, I certainly do think that we need to be sort of pointing out and saying section one of the offer says this, section two, you know, points out this, section three or whatever it is, section 10 or eight or whatever it is, you know, contains the early redemption penalties and explain at least what that means. But um, but this idea that we can't give, and of course, quite rightly, shouldn't be given financial advice is absolutely bang on. But um, don't but forget again, the, the other question uh, and is the other client, of course. We so often gloss over, don't we, that actually yeah. you've got two clients in question here. You know, you've got the bank that say one thing, you've got a client that says another. And, you know, I do often wonder, and I know this is not a new subject, but the way or the expectation of a client now um, and our remit in acting in their best interests and also the bank's best interest, you know, is there a conflict? You know, is separate representation for the client and the bank something that, that may happen in the future? You know, is it is it plausible that we can do both? Shall um, I tell you why it won't be? Because go nobody's going to want to pay. Yes. Nobody's going to want to incur two lots of legal fees. Yeah. Um, so it won't happen. It absolutely won't happen. You're just going to have firms that, you know, push down fees, push down fees, and are happy to take on the liability for both, quite frankly. And of course, the irony is, and again, as, as I'm sure we've mentioned before, um, that, of course, the lenders in the event that there's a downturn in the market and the lender sells at a loss, the first thing many lenders are going to do yeah. is aggressively come back to the firm to uh, to try and crawl all over that file to see if uh, to see if some incorrect advice or or a handbook requirement hasn't been met. The lenders are going to have no hesitation in having not. a pop at your insurance. Of course not. But but where do we stand then? With I don't know. Uh, we're acting for a client. We're acting in their best interests, and the matter's exchanged contracts, 
Uh, a week before completion, our client gets made redundant and they let us know. Uh, a material change to their circumstances, yeah. our obligation under the retainer with our client, the lender, is, of course, to let them know. But how is that acting in our other clients' best interests? Yeah, I'm and not I so think sure, that's... You know, well, the letter of the law, it kind of works. I think that's the inherent conflict, isn't it? But I think that's probably what, and again, a lot of firms, you know, probably need to look quite carefully at their um, terms and conditions here and also the sort of standard information that they give their buyer-borrower clients because that's exactly the sort of thing that a buyer-borrower needs to understand that they should be report, you know, that's got to be reported to the lender if the conveyancer becomes aware of it, that overriding duty to um, to report a material change. And of course, as we know, if the buyer-borrower says, no, I don't consent to you giving the lender that information, well, all we can do is, uh, you know, decline the offer uh, and decline to complete. But I think the client's got to, the buyer-borrower client has got to understand that. Um, and this is something that concerns me. Do you think they do, though, as a, as a generalisation? I'm sure all law firms point out that, you know, we're acting on behalf of the bank, blah, blah, blah. But do clients really understand or believe that in its true sense of the word? I'm not sure they do. Well, I, I, I mean, I, again, I agree with you. I mean, there was some fairly recent SRA research where lots of people said, well, we didn't understand what leasehold meant and we, you know, we, we, we had no clue what it was all about. And I have absolutely no doubt that um, conveyancing firms sent reports to the clients, which, of course, the clients don't then read. Uh, You know, lots of people don't read them, but there is, uh, you know, this that sort of central fundamental potential conflict, I think, between the buyer, borrower and the lender clients is, I think, sufficiently important that we need to be highlighting it, perhaps reminding the client, maybe, you know, it appearing two or three times in different ways, um, because I do think that's so fundamental, the point you've just made. Well, the offer can be withdrawn. There's no obligation on the lender um, and an obligation on us to report. And one of the things that concerns me a bit, Stu, is that um, I think a lot of people just report something, whatever, to a, to a lender without getting the consent of their buyer borrower to do that, um, possibly without even understanding the conduct need to do it the fact that we've got a duty of confidentiality to the buyer borrower and if they say i don't want you to report that dodgy enviro search result well strictly we can't now yeah you and i know what we can do is send the offer back without comment but i do feel i do feel sorry for conveyances in these circumstances though because we're so we're drilled aren't we on report report if in doubt report it if in yeah, doubt yeah. report it we're drilled on reporting to the extent now that you know i think previously the, the worry was not reporting something that was material now i think people just take um, a risk sort of uh, a risk approach that will report any if i'm not sure to report 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 oh i agree um, and i've, I've seen heard... some things being reported and i'm like you know, and you know damn well the lender's going to come back and say, "Well, we're not commenting. We rely on you to protect our security." Professional opinion, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what they're going to say. And actually, to be fair to the lenders, in many cases they're going to be right. But I do think firms now should have almost a standard email or some standard guff that says to the client, "We have to report this." And if we report, you know, we, we are under a duty to report X, whatever we found out on your file, to the lender. And please note the following consequences could be. One, there's going to be a delay. Two, we can't go ahead till the lender tells us we can. Three, the lender might change the terms of your offer. For a, a worst case scenario, the lender might withdraw sure, the right. offer. You know, please confirm, please acknowledge receipt of this email to confirm you understand. 
and you get that back before you report to the lender. Um, uh, You know, and that's concerns me quite a lot, really. But again, coming back to this, um, uh, the issue that's sort of very much in the in the remit of the mortgage broker, not the solicitor. But again, the the sort of short memory things, too, because allied to the seven times salary thing, I also noticed uh, reported um, tail end of um, 2021 that the Bank of England um, is consulting and I quote on withdrawing its affordability test recommendation which says borrowers should be able to afford their mortgage if their mortgage interest rate is 3% higher than the reversion rate. Um, So the Financial Policy Committee is effectively consulting on withdrawing that safeguard um, that that was introduced as a direct result of the mortgage market review that followed the uh, 08 crash that you've already mentioned. Um, uh, You know, the idea that... um, borrowers have to you know they have to essentially do additional sums to make sure that if as i say if interest rates go up by three percent the borrower could still afford it and again what what bothers me about that is that on the one hand as we've just said conveyances listers licensed conveyances can't and shouldn't be advising on that specifically but it is going to come back and bite us in the backside if a client takes out a mortgage product with far fewer safeguards at the point the offer is applied for and if they get repossessed and the, uh, you know and there's a negative equity situation they're gonna they're gonna come back and look at us again they're gonna it's, look it's, at it's, it's a real strange one isn't it i can't get my head around you're about to lend somebody money and you're going to reduce the um volume of information that you look at to test whether they can afford it in the first place art yeah makes kind of no logical well, sense does it well these they apparently said um that the um making the rules simpler it's only a consultation allegedly um yeah so the mortgage market recommendations introduced in 2014 so they've not been around that long strengthened affordability assessments and here we go to prevent consumers from taking on unaffordable mortgages which surely must be a good thing yeah. um but now they've said that um, um, essentially this hasn't really made much difference, much difference to what mortgages people take out. And, you know, we don't really think it's necessary. And, and it's the problem is first time buyers coming into the market. It's stopping first time buyers potentially coming yeah. into the market. That's their view. But I simply don't understand how that can be responsible so i suppose if there's any mortgage brokers out there that want to uh you know that want to comment on the consultation when it's when it's issued then they should be really but i worry about this stuff Stu, because um we can't recommend a particular lender we can't comment on whether a deal is a good deal but how many clients do over the years want our opinion oh it's what clients want all the time isn't it of course they do but, you know, they want you to say that you think, yeah, they're doing the right thing. Um, but where do we go with it? Like you said before, it's so different now. And, you know, people, you know, expect much more of a moving service than, than necessarily a conveyancing one. Mm. Uh, but it does worry me. I, I can't understand why the banks would look to uh, reduce the criteria. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, and like you've said time and time and time and time again, you're just increasing the chance of something going wrong. You're increasing the chance of, you know, somebody not being able to afford it. Therefore, the banks have to take possession of the property and therefore 
you know, they're only looking one way, like we've said 101 times about who's the one insured and blah, 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 blah. Yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would have thought the basis of what they do, if I'm going to lend somebody some money, probably one of the first things I do is check whether they can afford it. I can't, the analogy doesn't work for me. No, I'm a, I must admit, I don't follow the logic. To be fair, if, um, if you know, if somebody wants to, you know, come on and explain it to us, I would be genuinely interested to listen. But, um, uh, but the irony is that one of the, one of the things that's being quoted here is that quote soaring house prices over the last 10 years are sort of excluding first time buyers. But I think, and it's again, no more than a sort of, you know, non stats based personal opinion that we're not going into another year or two of very, very high, strong market. If anything, the market's going to be tailing off a little bit in the next few years where it's not yeah. going to, you know, the cost of living in the, at the end of this year, the end of 2022, all of the things, the national insurance hike, you know, fuel, all of that, yeah. that's all going to kick in. Um, if the economy doesn't get as, as strong as we expect it to be, people's jobs are going to be at risk. We're not going into a period of what no. looks like sustained further sustained price rises are we that's right without a shadow of a doubt yeah there'd be no reason why that might be the case i can see it stabilizing but yeah you're right i mean how how much longer could it go on increasing at the rate it was um you know probably not i mean whilst the demand is there um obviously prices will remain high um but i think you know when we talk about um prices and negative equity and recessions um it's such an eye-opener isn't it and when I went into that period of my professional career, I had absolutely no idea the extent that, you know, the proverbial was about to hit the fan and what it actually meant practically. You know, people physically couldn't get mortgages. Um, you know, they didn't have jobs, so there wasn't affordability. They just couldn't get one. Um, and, you know, there's not work out there you can go and get. It's just not there. Nobody moves. And, you know, you don't really want to sort of, you know, entice anything like those situations again especially with what we've been for over the last few years and the i don't know would you use the right word in fragile state of the economy maybe it's not fragile at the minute i don't know but you know it, like you say it's a risk with everything that could come isn't it um yeah, you know, we could easily we could easily be looking at a, a, a market crash within you know the next um five years i would suggest whether it be imminently probably not but certainly within a period of time you'd suspect that yeah, you know, there will be some kind of dip. Yeah, and as I say, if um, you know, if you get the uh, the sort of relaxing of you know loan to values, income affordability, and um, you know, well, income multipliers and affordability, that to me, and and you know, diminishing prices and interest rates going up, none of that sounds like a, none of that sounds like a happy mix, really. But no. um, but I, know, think I, I can remember the the last recession. Um, and coming into the office and all I was fielding were calls, emails saying that, you know, I'm pulling out and pulling out and pulling out and pulling out. And we had numerous people that would walk away and default um, on completion because the value of the property um, was going to be so, you know, less than what they'd agreed. And the deposit, losing the deposit wasn't any type of consideration to them because the market was crashing. Yes, it was that, um, that became very much then the lesser of two evils. Two evils, yeah. Um, so why on earth we think of that? And it's a bit like anything, isn't it? I, when certain things are the way they are, the worst thing you do is start changing things. You, know, you don't know what's going to come in the next few years. So let's not um, lessen 
um, affordability criteria on mortgages, surely. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, I'll be genuinely interested as and when this um, consultation gets out there, uh, you know, to, we, we had lovely Nikki, didn't we? A lovely mortgage broker on, um, you know, to get a mortgage broker back on perhaps, uh, or indeed somebody yeah. from a bank to sort of, you know, to talk to us about that side of the fence. Um, so that might be, I, I think, an interesting one. But um, but hopefully, Stu, you know, in this chat, we've uh, highlighted and reminded some of the responsibilities of conveyances as well. Um, and as ever, you know, the risks really a mortgage offer can be withdrawn. Um, and it's I think the biggest lot- one is now the key thing is always to, to, yeah, we must always remember to inform a client that, you know, we make a contract between a buyer and a seller. We don't make a contract until completion and we use the money between the buyer and the mortgage company. Mm. They're not interlinked. So many people think that they are. Um, but yeah, the mortgage company can withdraw, um, withdraw anytime. I actually had a client, I think it was one of my first ever clients. Um, so when I was a real early doors, wet behind the ears, definitely within the first few completions I'd ever done. Um, and I had a young couple client and I was using my previous uh, firm's sort of standardised reports and stuff. So the clients are fully briefed, but they went out and spent fortunes on buy now, pay later type deals for furniture in between exchange and completion. Mm. Both of their credit ratings plummeted and, and the bank pulled the offer. Yeah. Uh, and again it's the um simple as that it is well and it's this again we've definitely mentioned this before but the i that you know remembering reminding conveyances that if you're aware that your client has gone out and spanked x pounds on a credit card as you've just said or they're going to pay off other borrowing as part of condition of the offer with with other borrowing they're all things that directly impact on affordability and and are a material change which needs reporting to the lender i mean i've had clients just be absolutely you know aggressive and hideous because one chap told me his you know his missus was um you know about to uh you know or well he told me that they hadn't declared it at the time they made the offer uh she was about to go on maternity leave for i don't know about a year or something i said well uh, you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put that to the lender via the mortgage broker and if they don't and I don't get an acknowledgement that that's been done I'll have to do it and he was so abusive so abusive um it's difficult hey-ho. isn't it Cause you can understand a client's frustration yeah um but again it's one of those yeah I'm not sure what's you know I'm, I'm just trying to think every time I've applied for a mortgage uh whether it be direct or whether it be via a broker is it really ever made clear that you know that's the case that we as lawyers have to do that. We as lawyers have to verify everything that's been said. Amount of times we get grief from you know gifted deposits that, that crop up and that have been declared supposedly. Um, when clearly they haven't been properly declared, if you want to call it that. Um, and all that side of it, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? There is definitely a, a disjoint, isn't there, between what we do, the banks, the clients, the fact we have to act on behalf of the bank. Um, it's not a seamless uh, transition, is it? No. Well, on that slightly depressing, miserable note, Stu, that's probably... Sorry, I didn't want to down, down the mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't that exciting to start with, but... That's um, oh, as exciting as we can make mortgages in convincing, though, isn't it? Well, Come it on. is, but it's important for our clients and it's important for us and, and the lenders are looking to, to you know, to, 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 move the, to move the goalposts a bit. And I think... Uh, conveyances need to be aware of of what's coming up really yeah i, I think we, we as as an industry we've probably never been under as much pressure from the lenders as we ever have been before 
And that is on a number of different things, isn't it? You know, a number of different parts. So whether it be registrations, whether it be ensuring priorities are in place, um, you know, reporting stuff to them, making file your file, sorry, making sure your files are, you know, properly in place and, and, and so on and so forth, not reliant on anything the lenders may have done. You know, we have to cover everything off. I don't think that pressure's ever been as high no. uh, as it is now. And that's why I do have that empathy with, conveyances with large caseloads yeah um insofar as you know they're under that continued pressure not just from everybody to get the deal through that you know you've still got that person in the background that you have to play a vital role with they're still your client there's still a lot of compliance that goes into it and of course you're not going to be mr popular with everybody else when you're going through that um and of course the fact that you can't always explain some of the things that you might have to be doing um, with banks and clients and everything else to, to other people that may be chasing for updates. So, well, exactly. It, it's not a nice position to be in sometimes, is it? Not really, Stu. Well, on that bombshell, um, <laughs> we'll end this conveyance in matters. So, um, well, thanks for that, Stu. And uh, hopefully that's given our conveyance colleagues uh, something to think about, something else to think about. And uh, and we'll no doubt see each other soon. Yeah. Take care, Lorraine. I'll Take speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.